Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Uh, I'm going to start a new sermon series today called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. Now, what do I mean by dangerous prayer? I was joking with some ladies earlier. I said there's one dangerous prayer that I do not want to pray and I don't plan on praying. And you know what that is, Bob? Patience. The last time I prayed for patience, a lot of things went wrong. God was putting me in situations that required patience, and I got my cup full real quick. So I don't pray for patience anymore. Uh, But what is a dangerous prayer? Not that prayer is dangerous, but a dangerous prayer is a prayer that when you seek God to change the one who is praying, that's a dangerous prayer because I believe if you really mean it, God will take you up on your offer. So when you... When you get real with the Lord and you start talking to Him in such a way that you're, you're willing to put yourself out there and whatever He says, whatever He does, you're willing to go for the ride, take that step of faith, do whatever He's telling you to do, that's a dangerous prayer, but it's a great prayer. It really is. And we're going to look at three uh, today, next week, and two weeks from now. We're going to look at three different dangerous prayers. They're dangerous because once you pray a dangerous prayer... You won't stay the same. And that's what we're going to talk about. A quick question for you. What do editors, heart surgeons, personal trainers, and professional organizers all have in common? I'll say it again, give you time to think. Editors, heart surgeons, personal trainers and professional organizers. Do you know what they all have in common? They all eliminate something. They all eliminate something. Whether it's unnecessary words that the editor cleans up, blockage in an artery that a heart surgeon deals with, excess weight that a personal trainer wants you to lose, or hoarded clutter that a professional organizer says that's got to go they all have to eliminate something. You know, I was reading this week about a new concept, spiritual clutter. You know, there are things that we allow into our lives and we just don't deal with them. And over time, they build up and they pile up and they stack up. Uh, For instance, unresolved conflict. You know, if you have conflict in your life and you don't deal with it, Eventually, it deals with you. It's kind of like old food that stays in the refrigerator too long. And you forget it's there. And then one day you're like, oh, I forgot that's in the back of the fridge. You open it up and it's grown some critters or something, right? It's changed colors, you know. And uh, it it stinks. It's like, oh, we got to get rid of that. Uh, Unresolved conflict is like that. If you don't deal with it, it'll deal with you. Another thing uh, when it comes to spiritual clutter is unconfessed sin. You know, if you have unconfessed sin in your life, then that's going to block God's pathway of blessing in your life. 
He wants to move in your life. He wants to work in your life. He really, really does. Probably more than you perhaps sometimes want Him to, and me included. But we have to confess sin to God. When when it becomes known, when we become aware, uh, we need to go to God right then. Someone told me years ago they like to keep short bank accounts with God. What does that mean? When they become aware of an issue that that comes between them and God, they don't put it off, they don't wait, they deal with it right then, while it's small, while it's still simple. See, that's what happens. The reason why many times we have unresolved conflicts in our life is we have unconfessed sin. We don't deal with it when it's small, and then we let it go, we let it go, we wait, we wait, and then a small thing becomes very complicated. Another thing when it comes to spiritual clutter is unspoken prayers. Unspoken prayers. You're like, unspoken prayers? I don't think I follow you, Brother Corey. What do you mean? What I mean is those times when you know you need to talk to God about it, but instead you worry. Or you gripe about it and you tell somebody else, oh, ain't it awful? Let me tell you what I'm going through. Hey, have you prayed about it? I had a mentor of mine one time in the ministry and I was going to, through a struggle, and he, I just wanted his shoulder to cry on, and he, he listened to me, and he listened really good, and then about three quarters through, he said, hey, have you prayed about it? Conviction, right? No, I hadn't. Well, you need to do that. You're right. And so whether it's uh, unconfessed sin, unresolved conflict, unspoken prayers, things that we need to talk about, but we're, we're just not, those things become spiritual clutter in our lives. And it's, it's the little things, many times, that get us stuck. And so today I want to help you by giving you a dangerous prayer, a prayer that if you really pray to God and you mean it, you won't be the same. And that is, search me. Search me. Look, if you will, in Psalm 139. Now, this is a long psalm, and it's a beautiful psalm, but I'm not going to read it all. I will just read the first two or three verses and then we'll jump to the prayer at the end. But I want you to get a sense of the flavor. There in Psalm 139, it's a prayer from David to God. He says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And then if you keep reading, he basically tells you how the Lord knows him. Lord, you know when I sit, you know when I rise. Even before I say anything, you know what the reply is going to be on my tongue. Lord, you've searched me. And you know me. In other words, Lord, you know everything about me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And then at the very end of the psalm, verse 23 and 24, it closes with a very heartfelt prayer. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Now, there's a lot there, and uh, we're going to go through this real quick, but just listen real quick, and we'll get done real quick. So the first thing is, he says, search me, God. That's the prayer. Have you ever prayed that prayer? If you haven't, I really want to encourage you to. You owe it to yourself. It's nothing to be afraid of but you owe it to yourself. If you ever have those moments in life when all of a sudden you feel like you hit a wall with God and you're not sure what happened, 
you know, you're, 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 you're still coming to church and you're still reading your Bible and you're, you're still praying, but for some reason it's just not full throttle energy and intensity and you're wondering what is going on. Uh, that's when you need to say, God, will you search my heart and let him read your mail and then let him tell you what he sees. Now, that might be a little scary to you, but it's something we need to do. I was a very young pastor years ago in my first church, and I remember seeing this, and I remember praying this. And God was really setting me up, uh, Brother Daniel, because I was reading this prayer, you know, and I was like, all right, you know, search me, God. And I was teaching on Peter. And it was the part about, you know, where Peter told the Lord, I'll follow you, you know what I'm talking about. And then the Lord's like, you're going to deny me three times. And I, that was resonating with me. This search me was resonating with me. And I'm like, God, will you search my heart and show me what you see? And that's a serious prayer. And then the next couple of weeks, God searched my heart. And he showed me where I didn't measure up. He showed me where I really needed to grow. And at first, it was a little, I hate to say this, but sometimes our egos are there. At the time, it was a little offensive, like, oh, I can't believe that. But then reality set in, and okay, Lord, you told me the truth. And then it's like, okay, God, you see that. I guess I see it now too, but I really don't want to see it. And then he basically lovingly said, but that's not where I want you to stay. I want you to follow me. I want you to trust me. I want you to obey me. I want you to let me handle this. I want you to let me take this. And I want you to see what I want to do in your life. You know, Peter probably couldn't imagine. You know, he was ready to take on anybody for Jesus as long as he had a sword in his hand. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, I'll follow you, you know, anywhere. And uh, then when the mob comes for Jesus that night that he's arrested, first thing Peter does, takes a sword, <sighs> lops off this high priest servant's ear. And Jesus says, put it away, enough of this. And he heals that man's ear on the spot. Through his actions, Jesus was saying to Peter, look, there's power in my kingdom, but it's not like that. And after the crucifixion, after the burial, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 40 days after that, the day of Pentecost came, right? And the Holy Spirit came. And all of a sudden, this man named Peter that thought he had to have a sword if he was going to go to bat for Jesus realized that the power came from the Spirit of God. And he boldly stands up and he says, This Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. And all of a sudden, the Spirit took the sword and cut him to the heart. That's the difference. And so when you say, God, search me. God, show me. Don't be discouraged. When God tells you something that you already know, but you don't want to hear it and you don't want to see. He's not trying to whittle you down. He's not trying to make a power move. He's not trying to discourage you. 
what he wants you to see is what he sees. That you don't need physical weapons when you have an arsenal of spiritual weapons. And the power doesn't come from you, it comes from him. And when you realize that, whoo, boy, that's good. So he says, search me, God, and know my heart. When you let God search you and know you, think about it, there's nothing you can do to run and hide from God. He knows every single thing about you. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, John 4, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, I mean, here she is having an encounter with Jesus, and every time he asks a question, there's a roadblock, there's a roadblock, there's a roadblock, and the next thing you know, he reads her mail. And what does she do? She forgets why she came. She leaves the bucket. I mean, if you're in the Middle East and you're looking for water, you don't leave your bucket. She left her bucket. She runs back to town, all these people she's been avoiding, And she says, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? When you let God search you and know you, you're going to realize there is a God who loves you and he knows everything you've ever done. And he still loves you anyway. And then he says, test me and know my concerns. God knows your heart. He knows mine. He knows what you're thinking about. He knows what you're worried about. He knows what scares you. He knows what moves you. You know, someone asked me years ago, why do we need to pray? I mean, if God knows the number of hairs on our head, if he, if he knows what we're going to say before we even say it, then why do we need to pray and ask God? You know why? Because he loves you and he cares about you. And you know what? He just wants you to come to him. He wants you to come to Him. And when we learn how to come to Him, then we learn what life's all about. I had, uh, Ethan had a friend in Tennessee named Colin. And the, that particular year when uh, it was during VBS and, and Ethan got saved. And uh, the next day he's like, Dad, you really need to talk to Colin. He wants to get saved too. And, you know, and as a dad, I'm struggling. Does Colin want to get saved because Ethan got saved? And then I'm like, I tell you what, you tell Colin to come to me. Well, Dad, you need to go to him. I said, you tell him to come to me. I'll talk to him anytime, anywhere. And before it was over, very last night, the meal after VBS is over, and all of a sudden, Colin came to me. He always called me Mr. Corey. Hey, Mr. Corey, I need to talk to you. I said, you do? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about being saved. And then I'm praying, okay, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? And I said, Colin, well, how long have you felt this way? And he looked at me and he said, for about two years, ever since Ethan invited me to church. Now, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what God does when he convicts people, when he moves people, when he works in their life. And so when you look at this prayer, search me, know me, test me. God knows what's on your heart. God knows what you're worried about. He knows what you're afraid of. And you know what? He's able to cut right to the quick. And he says, just come to me. If you'll just come to me, I got this. I can, I'm in control. I, I can handle it. I've got the answers. You've got the questions. I've got the answers. Just trust him. And then he says in verse 24, See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. 
See, it takes those first three words, Lord, search me. Lord, know me. Lord, test me. In other words, you've got to let God search you. You've got to let God know you. You've got to let God test you before you can say, Lord, lead me. And when you let God lead you, you can trust Him. Well, I want to wrap this up. How do you pray this prayer, Lord, search me? I'm going to give you three things, and quite frankly, they're simple and they're self-explanatory. It's not hard. Number one, ask God to search your heart. Just be willing to do it. If you want to pray a dangerous prayer that God will answer in your life and you'll never be the same, Lord, search me. Just ask Him to search your heart. Consider it a spiritual checkup. Just go to the Lord someday and say, you know, Lord, I've been thinking, I feel like there's something, and I don't know what that something is, but Lord, I don't want anything between you and me, and I want us to be close. I want to feel your presence. I want to experience your power. Whenever I go through things I don't understand, I want to still have the peace of mind to know that I may not get what's going on around me, but I can trust you, and therefore I have the peace of God within me. And so just ask God, God, search my heart. Just got to do it. And then number two, number two, accept what God says to you. That's the hard part. It really is. Accept what God says. There's been um, moments in my life where I've prayed and God's given me an answer that quick. And there's been other moments in my life where I've had to pray and wait, pray and wait, pray and wait. We all love those quick prayers, don't we? You just ask God and boom, there it is. But it all doesn't always work that way. But whether God answers our prayer quickly or if it takes a while, you have to be willing to accept what God says. Are you willing to do that? That's, that's the hardest part of this whole process. God, search me and know me and test me and lead me. And if you're willing to ask him that, he'll answer that. But when he speaks, as Brother Danny said, you've got to be willing to give him the keys, even when you're hanging on to one or two. You've got to be willing to accept what he says. And number three, Act upon what God wants you to do. Act upon what God wants you to do. Maybe God's going to tell you, you need to do this or you need to do that. You need to go to that person. You need to make it right. You need to, you need to give me this situation and, and quit trying to control it. Whatever it is that God says to you to do, that's what you need to do. And leave the consequences to Him. Put it in His hands. Let it go. Leave it alone. You know, so many times we come to the altar, and we come to the altar, and we lay it down, and we cry a little while, and then what do we do? We pick it back up, we put it in our pocket, and we go home. That's not how it works. When you come to the altar, you lay it down, you let it go, you walk away, and you leave it alone. And you trust God with it. Let Him work 
Let him handle it because he can. With that said, that's about it. But let me just say this before I close. Dangerous prayers are something that you and I need. Years ago, I used to say that I want to write a book someday, and the first title would be Tough Questions and Dangerous Prayers. I've never wrote that book yet. Maybe someday. But here's a Kickstarter for it. Are you willing to ask God, God, search me, know me, test me, and lead me? Don't be afraid to do that. I hope you feel the, the seriousness of it. It's not, this prayer is not something for just anybody to say to God. You've got to be willing to mean it. Because if you truly pray it from the heart and mean it, you won't stay the same. So I encourage you, make a choice this week. You want God to search your heart, speak to you in a fresh way, show you something that maybe you don't see, uh, but he, he knows everything about it. And he says, if you'll just come to me, if you'll just trust me, I can handle this. And just let God search your heart. Be willing to listen to what he says and be willing to do what he wants you to do. And I tell you what, God will give you a fresh experience of his presence and his power this week. But it all starts with you. Are you willing to pray that prayer? Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.